This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Good Erev Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. And tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Chukas. According to the Chinuch, Pashas Chukas contains three mitzvos, all found in the first part of the parsha, from which the parsha gets its name, Zos Chukas HaTorah. The first part of the parsha deals with the laws of Pura Aduma, the red heifer, which has the capacity to, upon when mixed with water, and sprinkled on an individual who is impure because they have become tamay, impure, due to their contact with the dead or under the same roof as the dead. Yet the one who administers this sprinkling, the Kohen, he becomes tamay for a day. The wise King Solomon said, Omarti Achkama, I thought I could understand all of Torah, but many. this is beyond me. This is the paradigmatic chok of the Torah, the law which we cannot understand. The Parsha then goes on, and immediately after this we are told that the Jewish people came to Midbar Sin, and this is in the last year of their traveling in the desert. And what happens? But Thomas Shum Miriam, Miriam dies, but Shum, and she was buried there. And immediately thereafter, the Torah tells us, Belohoya Mayim Ada. There was no water for the people. They gather against Moshe and Aaron, and they quarrel, and the rest, as they say, is history. We know you have the sad, tragic incident of Meimariva, whereby Moshe, who instead of speaking to the rock, Moshe hits the rock and Moshe and Aaron are told they will not lead the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. Their fate is sealed. I'd like to focus this morning on two different aspects of this familiar story to us and to try to take note of two different points, both of which I think are rather significant, with the clear understanding that aim base medrash below chidush. Each time we have the privilege of studying Torah, we can always note, wow, some new insight, some new understanding. The first thing the rabbis tell us is that take note. Whereas in this week's parsha, when Aharon dies, 
the Torah tells us that the last Pasuk in chapter 20, the entire nation saw that Aaron died. Aaron Shloshim Yom. They mourned for Aaron 30 days. Call base Israel, the entire house of Israel. And if you look at the very end of the Torah, where the Torah describes the death of Moshe, so we're told that after Moshe dies, Vayivku B'nei Yisrael is Moshe, B'arvos Moav, they mourn for Moshe, Shloshim Yom, 30 days. Now, their commentaries point out that by our own call base Israel, the entire house, men and women, because Aaron was that Ohev Shalom and Rodev Shalom, the pursuer of peace. For Moshe, they mourn 30 days. And for Miriam, there's absolutely no mention of any mourning, just she died and she was buried. What do we find immediately in the very next verse after the death of Miriam? There was no water for the people. And Rashi tells us, in quoting the Gemara in Tanis, Daftes Amaralif 9a. Mikan, from here we learn out, Shakol Arbaim Shana, the entire 40 years that they were in the desert, Hayolehem Abe'er, the well of water that emerged from the rock, which was a miracle on a daily basis, was. Bishus Miriam in the merit of Miriam. The same Gemara in Tanis Tes teaches that the man came in the merit of Moshe and the Ananei Kavod, the clouds, the protective clouds of glory came in the merit of Aaron. The Gemara doesn't tell us why the Be'er came in the Schus in the merit of Miriam. However, Rabbeinu Bachaya, in his commentary, tells us that Kishemesa Miriam, when Miriam died, Nistalek HaBe'er, the Be'er, the well of water, ceased, because it was in her merit, she had the incredible Merit of water from Moshe, Shenemar, Vatesatsav, Achoso, Merochok. As we are taught in the second chapter of Shmos, that they hide baby Moshe for the first three months after his life. Moshe was born at the time that Paro had made the decree, Kolabin Hayilod, all the Jewish baby boys were to be cast into the river. They couldn't hide Moshe more than three months and we know little baby Moshe was put in the basket and the Torah tells us that his sister stood from a distance watching caring for her baby brother. Now I ask you this act that Miriam did, which forgive me, is almost a natural act, meaning how could she not be concerned? Even leaving alone the fact that she prophesied to her father that her parents would um, 
bring into this world the individual who would work with God to redeem them and bring them out of Egypt. My goodness, she has a younger brother whose life is in danger. Of course she's going to be concerned regarding his welfare. But what do we see from this? We see from this such an incredible idea as we find in the second parak of Avos in the first Mishnah. Rebbe taught, Be as scrupulous and careful in performing what you would consider perhaps a minor mitzvah as as in your performance of a major mitzvah. Why? For you don't know the reward given for the respective mitzvahs. So what do we find? The rabbis tell us that for 40 years the Jewish people were nourished with fresh water on behalf of Miriam and now, ouch, unfortunately the Jewish people did not appreciate Miriam. Proof, when she dies, they don't mourn her sufficiently as the Torah deletes and omits, as it does by Moshe and Aaron. And therefore, Hashem said, Oh yeah, I will show you who this Miriam is. You don't appreciate who Miriam is? I will show you who she is. Now, what was the incredible consequence of this phenomena? Well, you're going to tell me that as a result, as we mentioned earlier, Moshe and Aaron, their fate was sealed. They would not lead the Jewish people into the promised land. But my friends, it's much deeper than that. If you look in the Orachayim HaKadosh, in this week's parsha, in his treatment of Meimariva, he has a long essay. And in that essay, the Orachayim makes the following exceedingly bold statement that had Moshe brought the Jewish people into the land of Israel he would have overseen the building of the Beis HaMikdash that Beis HaMikdash never would have been destroyed and the Jewish people would never have been exiled from their land. This is found in this week's Parsha in the commentary of the Orachayim, chapter 20, verse 8. Now, look at what's happening over here. What's happening over here is that as a result of their not having water, Moshe, whatever he does wrong, as Rashi says, he hit instead of speaking. The Orachayim HaKadosh suggests earlier in this essay no less than ten different possibilities as to what was Moshe's fate. We don't know exactly, but we know one thing, that as a result of this, Jewish history was significantly altered. And we know more, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives man free will. But even though Hashem knew that this would happen, and Moshe would hit the rock, Moshe is 
not stopped from so doing, and Hashem takes away the water. Now watch. According to the Yalkut Shimoni, again in this week's parsha, you'll take a look in Remez, Tufshin, Samach Gimel in the Yalkut, we find that our rabbis teach us Chazra Bishus Shnehem, that the well came back in the merit of Moshe and Aaron. In other words, it stopped when she died. There was the tragic incident of Memoriva, and then Moshe and Aaron were able to bring it back. If Moshe and Abel and Aaron were able to bring it back, asks Reb Meir Abavitz, Zechad Sadik Levracha, couldn't they keep it? It's more difficult to restore than to maintain. And therefore he says, yes, but Hashem wanted to show my goodness the effects of lack of Hakoras Hatov. Because unfortunately the Jewish people were not sufficiently grateful. They did not appreciate that which Miriam did look at the horrific consequence that the entire people then and world history and Jewish history was affected as a result of this incident. What happens and what emerges from this is as follows. Tomorrow, as I pointed out, is Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. We know that beginning on the 17th day of Tammuz is the fast of Shavasa Tammuz, which initiates the period of the three weeks, culminating with Tisha B'Av. And if anybody were to ask you, tell me, what caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? So you're going to tell me, and you're right, that the Gemara says it was Sinas Chinam. It was the breakdown of man to man. And I'm going to tell you that there's even an earlier source there was a terrible deficiency within our people of Hakoras Atov. They were not sufficiently grateful to Miriam. As a result of that, no water. As a result of that, Memeriva. As a result of that, Moshe doesn't go in. As a result of that, the base of Migdash is destroyed. As a result of that, the Jewish people go into Golas. What a powerful lesson. Two lessons emerge so strong from Pasha Schukas. The first thing is, just look at what Miriam did. Every mitzvah, my friend, is a jewel. Every jewel is precious. A larger one and a smaller one. Don't pass up what appears to be a small one. You don't know what it means to stop and find a mincha. You don't know what it means to call a parent Erev Shabbos, to call a grandparent and wish them a good Shabbos. We don't know the schar of mitzvot. We don't know what it means to help a wife on an Erev Shabbos. And finally, Hakoras Hatov. Hakoras Hatov being grateful and giving the next person that proper recognition for that which they have done for us. Just take a look how different our history would be if we had a little bit more Hakoras Hatov. Shabbat Shalom and Good Chodesh to all.